0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Ruby Sue. And Ruby Sue was married to an escalating abuser. It's a story of infidelity, zero accountability, stalking, and the loss of control. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse. I am Brandon Chadwick, and with me today, we have Ruby Sue. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: That rhymed. I'm great. And thank you for being here with us today. I know you're going to help a lot of people by sharing your story and if you want to be a guest like Ruby Sue is today, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. Read all of our instructions and send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at com, or just fill our, our guest form page out and press the Submit button. I had to... It's hard for me to get my words out there. And now... Uh, you're going to hear Ruby Sue's story and this has levels and there's three levels and each level uh, gets a little bit worse. And let me tell you, when you get to level three here, it gets really scary. What happened here with Ruby Sue, this is something she really couldn't see coming at all. So I really just want to thank Ruby Sue For being here. And now, without further ado, Ruby Sue, it rhymed again. The floor (laughs) is now yours.
1: Thanks, Brandon. I'm really excited to be on your show. I love your show. There's a lot of times that I'm listening to episodes and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just, it's textbook, just like what happened to me. And, um, it's just crazy that it, you know, each story is unique, but these narcissistic or toxic, uh, behaviors just repeat themselves in our patterns. So I hope that the people listening will hear my story and be like, wow, that's exactly what's going on in my life and use it to your advantage. Um, but I'll
2: I'll start.
0: Oh, but before you start, I just wanted to say you even sent me an email the other day saying, "Oh my God, that episode that I you just played uh, that I heard my story in there." Yeah, which eventually yeah, back to back. yeah,
2: yep,
1: two episodes. I mean, are we allowed to say? I think there there was that one, but then the one before it, I was I felt like there was some crossovers there too. Um, the one though, because she had a son. Uh, and then a daughter and it was like I also had a son and then like when things were rocky I then had my daughter um so it just you know it's and then we'll get to that okay we'll get to that
0: (laughs) all right so before I rudely interrupted you you're about to go into your childhood
1: I was yes um so I have a great family I have um I had a great childhood. I, I mean, I would say I I was a normal, you know, part of a normal family. Like the normal dysfunctions were human beings. Um my dad is a very uh strong figure in my life. He and my mom have been um together since high school, you know, high school sweethearts, he was the jock. She was the the pretty new girl and um you know, they've been married for, I don't know, 40 some years. Um, and so, and then even like my grandparents both were like married young, um, had lots of kids that died together, you know, so this whole idea of, um, you know, family is just very important to me and a divorce and dysfunction and, um, like truly abusive relationships. That was nothing I was ever exposed to. I mean, my parents would have fights and my dad has anger, but you know, don't we all <laughs> right. I, 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 mean, I, I would say my, my dad is like a very, um, gregarious he's out, he's outgoing, he's a go-getter, but he really has like a heart of gold. Like he, he cares about people. He's taught me, you know, and my mom too, my mom's taught me a lot. Um, but my dad kind of runs, runs the show and my mom like needs him to run the show. Like she can't make a decision to save her life. Right. So, um, we moved around a little bit, um, just because my dad was trying to establish a career. And so, um, I have two sisters, I'm the middle sister and, um, you know, we weren't allowed to watch. MTV or VH1 or rated our movies we weren't allowed to swear like it's we went to church every Sunday we were um raised Catholic but not like strict Catholic I think my dad felt like obligated to um you know carry the tradition that his mom who was a strict Catholic um but I I mean I would say like family wise pretty normal and I'm lucky that I had what I had um, but then actually it's interesting because in, on one of your episodes, I had a realization, um, because she's like, you know, my family was normal. This was a recent one. One of the ones I was like, yeah, me too. My family was normal, but it wasn't, it was in high school when I was, i I'm not even going to say in love. I was like obsessed with this guy who lived down the street and. I was, I have like never kissed a guy. I'd never done anything with a guy. And, um, he was a year older than me and I went to middle school with him. And then in high school, when I got to high school in ninth grade, he was in 10th grade and he was, he was just a very good looking guy. I mean, very cute, kind of got like that, um, all American, um, Zach Efron level of cuteness. And I, and, and I, I mean, looking back, I'm like, dang, yeah, he was, he is the narcissistic personality, but, um, the charm and the, and I was just an insecure 14 year old, right? Like never had a boyfriend, never been kissed. Um, you know, what's the one movie never been kissed with, um, Josie Grossy. That was <laughs> me. <laughs> and um and so he like he hooked me in like I was um I I would he, he would come over like at night or whatever when my <laughs> when my parents would go to sleep he'd like come up the street and we'd hang out and then um things happened he used me basically and um but would never like date me and, but would kind of string me along. And I was just gullible and, you know, getting the attention from him. And that was like almost all through uh, high school until 12th grade, obviously he was gone. And then I would say 12th grade, it was when I finally started like coming into my own and um, being who I am. And I've, I, I mean, as much as I I was insecure, I'm also a secure type of person and like my beliefs and my dreams and um just highly influenced by uh manipulative people. Like I believe your word. When I was younger, if you said something, I'm gonna believe you even if your actions don't line up. So um so I get to college. It still never really had a boyfriend. Um I had a, a couple of quick boyfriends, don't have time to talk about them, but again in hindsight, narcissistic personalities. It's that human magnet syndrome that I just draw them in. And, um, then when I was 22, um, I was in my hometown and, um, I really always lived here, went to college and and stayed here. And I met my ex-husband.
0: So, so before we get to your ex-husband, um I guess you have a normal upbringing. You are pretty innocent in a lot of ways. Yeah. And your first relationship for years or your first experience with guys for years is constantly having you off balance. And you're off balance for a a good chunk of time. Pretty much grade 9, grade 10, grade 11. You are off balance and you are in this push-pull dynamic through this time. This is what you're used to. The difference in power here is obvious. You're the one who has no power here. Mm -hmm. and you're just being kind of strung along and it's something that is getting a a little bit ingrained in you possibly here and you know what is your belief about relationships from what you learned uh, from your high school experience and from your university experience of dating and what are your beliefs about relationships in general and you have like different belief systems about life in general that might hinder you going forward?
2: Um, I would say
1: I am a like a dreamer and, um, that kind of hopeless romantic. My parents kind of have this, like, you know, they the the ideal what you think is supposed to be like two people fall for each other and they're fun and they have this like, and it really, I mean, yeah, they have this like ideal in my mind um, relationship. And I think the pressure from my mom, which um, my mom is, it can be naive and um, she has a good heart. There's no maliciousness here in my family, Um, but she would be like, uh, because she was very pretty in high school and, and I, you know, the guys liked her. And so when I was in high school, she'd be like, you know, well, what guys, like, what guys do you like? What guys like you? (laughs) Like, like no one, mom, nobody liked me. Um, So there was a complex, I think just my, and, and confidence in my looks and my body. Um, I was never like super skinny, um, but I wanted to be. I was a cheerleader, and all the other girls were like a size two, and I was a size six or eight. You know, like it, so. I def- I had a com- a complex with my looks and my body um, all through high school, um, and I'm not blaming it on my mom. I think just like the um what I thought I would like to be attractive to a man, like I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain way. Um, and I want, like, even still, I want to take care of people. I want to be, um, which, you know, I have a cre you know, me, I'm not, <laughs> I'm
2: not like subservient,
1: but then I think at the time I kind of, I, I gravitated to being that playing that role of, um, I guess it's really, if you think like with my parents and it works for them, that's what I thought maybe, you know, that was my role. That what I'm the subservient um, girlfriend and, you know, to this um, outgoing, um, fun loving guy. And, you know, I'm looking for that dynamic and I, you know, I'm not finding it. And well, I had that messed up quote relationship with the guy down the street and um which occupied a lot of space in my mind and it became more of like a I just want him to like I I wanted him to like me I mean I'm you know gosh I'm gonna be 36 this is when I was 14 15 so it sounds so silly to say it now but at the time it's like I just want him to like me I want him to take me to prom I want him to be um you know having fun with me he was never fun he's a loser he's a disgusting loser (laughs) and but you know now but at the time he was a you know a football player he's just but he wasn't ever like really nice or funny I mean he was he was smug and he was too cool and Um, if he gave me attention, it was like, oh, you know, like, wow, he's, he, he's giving me attention, but it was just to use me. Um, so that kind of ruined my, from the get go, uh, my dynamic with men. Um, and I was very independent and I wanted to, you know, move away to Chicago or be on my own and, um, be a lawyer or, you know, something high powered. So I wasn't like meek and, um, and insecure about my capabilities, but I think I was meek and insecure about my looks. And I put too much emphasis on how I look and, um, and that sort of like, I need to find a guy. I, I think that's common, though. I think a lot of, you know, as a woman, as a girl, like, you know, you're supposed to attract a mate. <laughs> like, you know, boils down to that. Um, but my philosophy was always it should be balanced. It should be a balanced relationship. If I want to do this, you support me, and I'm going to support you, and we have a friendship, but we're also like romantic. Um, but I. You know, I like to have a guy that is, uh, you know, I guess like my dad, they say you a person like you're somebody that's going to like kind of take the reins and be like, nope, we're going to do this. I like that. Even though I, I I'm, i you know, I'm single now and I, I make all the, I call all the shots and I, I enjoy my independence. Sometimes I'm like, gosh, it would be so nice to just have that manly man come in you know fix the thing and and just kind of like call the shots so that's like what I'm attracted to
0: yeah I Um, I was I was gonna say that you uh like manly men um and in a way you are this feminist that likes traditional relationship (laughs) roles it's a contradict. Yes. It's a contradiction in a way.
1: I know, I know.
0: But um, and 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 you have, I guess, the really you know, based upon how you grew up and, and until this point, the idea of this just like the traditional family, and you get married, you have your two and a half kids, you have your house.
1: I wanted five kids like I want, I wanted, I I don't want the cookie cutter in the suburbs. Uh, you know, I want the big farm and we've got, we just keep having babies and we're having fun. And it's, you know, he takes care of me. I'm taking care of the babies. There's something beautiful to me about that. There's something very fulfilling in my heart about that setup. And I, I never got it. And it it does make me sad because that's like, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. But, um, you know, like the universe, God, whoever you want to say, you know, always gives you what you need. And, um, it doesn't always look how you thought it would. And my life is very fulfilling. I have two kids. Um, but I think that was my idea of like the ideal, um, Life would be to, like, find my, quote, soulmate and have lots of kids and ha- just, ha- you know, create a life with my family and go see my, go see the grandparents and just, like, family, family, family. And my life still is like that. I just don't have all the kids and I have a career and I'm going to go nuts sometimes.
0: <laughs> so eventually... You, as I interrupted earlier, you met the person that this story is about, your ex husband. So, where did you meet?
1: Um, yeah, so he actually went to high school, we went to the same high school. He was two years older than me, and um, he dated one of my friends. I mean, she wasn't like she was a friend, but not like one of my best friends, where I'm like hanging out with her all the time. Um, We went to a large high school, a city high school. There's like 2,000 people in the school, so it's a big high school. Um, So you don't know everybody. There's this large groups, and I, I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, "He is gorgeous, gorgeous! Like who is this guy? I've never seen that." And he looked kind of like more grown up. Like he looked, uh, you know, he didn't look like a boy. Like he was so cute, and I was like, dang, who's that? And I, and and then once I knew who he was, I realized he was a little bit of like a, a little bit of a rebel he's not getting good grades. I, you know, he comes from a little bit of a broken family. Um, he actually was, he was supposed to graduate. He would have been three years older than me, but he couldn't, you know, he, he dropped out of school, but then he got back in school. Um, so he was, you know, it was like, a bad boy, I guess. And I wasn't, I thought he was cute, but I wasn't trying to date him um, in high school. And uh, so, you know, I met him a few times through my friend uh, and he was very shy and, um, you know, he wasn't that gregarious, outgoing guy at all. And so he is a manly man, but he has this soft side of him that I really, it was something different. And um, anyway, I'm kind of jumping ahead. So I moved out of my parents' house when I was 19. I was going to school. Uh, All my friends went away to college. I stayed home and got my own apartment and um, we would go out to the, bars and um he would be there and his friend was dating one of my best friends one night I was 22 and we were both at the bar and he um came over to me and was like do you want to come with my friends and I after the bar closes to this party and I said sure so he um he drove me over and it was. Like I don't know. I like I remember the song. I was (laughs) Mrs. Officer by Lil Wayne, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like so into Lil Wayne at the time. (laughs) Like I love Mrs. Officer, (laughs) and um, we hung out at this party, and um, (laughs) he. Like this isn't even like the classic love story. Like it's just so ridiculous. But he he was very. There's something about him. Like even still thinking back, like there was. There's like a layer of goodness that I saw, and he is endearing, and and it felt genuine, and um, and the fact that he was kind of shy and wasn't like the center of attention kind of guy, and um he did like to like, we'd have conversations like uh the first night, I think we we're up to like five o'clock in the morning talking and he didn't try to like put the moves on me. And it was, um it, it felt natural. And um after that first night, a couple days later, I gave him my cell phone number and he called me when like on a Tuesday at six and was like, would you like to go to the movies? And I was like, gosh, this is what a normal, like relationship looks like, right? Like, this has never happened to me in my life. (laughs) And um, so we went to the movies. And then after that, it was, we just were never apart. Um, And I lived on my by myself in an apartment, and he was living in the basement of his sister's house, mind you, he's 25. So at 25 and 22, that was kind of normal like yeah well you know I moved in with my sister she was a single mom she had a five my nephew who was five uh at the time and so it it was like you know and he loved I remember he showed me a picture of his nephew look how cute my my nephew is and um so that seemed no you know like it it didn't seem like a red flag or anything um and the way he was about his nephew and. He, I remember he said, uh, like within the first couple weeks, if we ever had kids, they'd be like LeBron James, which, um, you know, LeBron James is like the ultimate human being in his eyes. So I, the fact that he was talking about having kids. And he loved his nephew and he lived with his sister and he, you know, he was excited to introduce me to his sister. Um, that like, and he really looked up to her, um, who I, by the way, I love her. Her and I are still very
2: close. I I mean, she's like my sister now. Um, so it was like, But it was
1: fast, right? Like you think of how quickly they move. So here I'm living in this apartment and he has all his stuff at his sister's house. Um, He would travel during the week. So Monday through Thursday or Friday, he would, it was like a type of job. He would be um, all around the United States at different places, come home um, for the weekend. So when he came home for the weekend, he would crash at my place. So he really was never even at his sister's. And that was like the first year of our relationship of he's gone. He gets home. He stays with me for the weekend. We go out to the, you know, and, and to the bars, maybe one night we stay in and then he's gone for the week. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was, and we never fought. I never saw any sort of aggression from him there weren't, there wasn't any like red flags at all that I can, that would have been even at the time where I was like, oh, that was weird. Um, but I mean, how could you, cause there's no cadence when somebody leaves four or five days out of the week and then, you know, there's low responsibility here. Um, you know, and, and a person like that, a narcissist or he's not diagnosed, but like if there's no responsibility, like, yeah, life is easy. Life is, is, is great. So after a year of that, um, my lease was up and he w we were like basically living together and it was like, well, why don't we just go get a bigger, um, duplex or a house or whatever and split the rent. Um, and we found a place and, So once we moved in together, that's when some of the red flags would have started to show up and um, like small, aggressive things like, uh, you know, if I left the towels on the floor, he'd get, he'd get weird about that. But again, i would never lived with anybody else. So here, I, I just, you know, I think that even regular people, right? Like you fight, you leave something on the floor, you're going to have a thing. So I'm thinking it's, it's, it's fine. But I would say there were some fights uh, between us. And I can't think like specifically, you know, this happened or that happened. But it was at the point, um, we were probably living together for about four or five months. And I was like, this is not what I want like i I don't want to have this is chaotic it, not chaotic, but it, this is too much i I remember actually I asked my sister if she could switch like hey, she's gonna move in, and um you move out because i'm I'm not doing this anymore, and um
0: what kind of chaotic things were going on
1: so he would just be a dick, you know, like he would be. Uh, He wasn't as, um, endearing as he previously was. And it, like, he couldn't just relax and just, you know, let's have a a fun time. It's like, he's in a bad mood. And then you can't talk to him because now he's in a shitty mood. So he was moody. And, and then it would start a fight. And, um...
0: So would you get attacked for no reason when he was in a mood?
2: Um I wouldn't say attacked. I would say more like dismissed or um disrespected or um just he wasn't um supportive it wasn't
1: balanced you know i i'm kind of i was a great um show for him um because i i gave him stability right like he also needed my stability and then but he you know it's like a take 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 but he's not really contributing other than he's helping pay half the rent and for the groceries and um, you know, it's not like he's buying me anything other, you know, where everything's split 50 50 and, um,
0: and you, 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 have a moody teenager on your hand in a way.
1: He, yeah. I always say he was like my teenage son and, um, he would be out with his friends till, you know, so late at night, he'd come home with, he had a gotten a fight. So his face is, you know, he's got a black eye or something. Um, but to me, those things were like, I I could handle it, but I, at the time there was a moment where I was thinking I should have my sister move in and have him move out. But in my mind, I'm like, but we'll still date. I just can't, I can't date him while he's like this. Um, but then, you know, he pulls you back in, you know, that whole cycle of, He's being shitty. And then as soon as I'm like telling the landlord, hey, um, we're going to, you know, my sister's moving in, because I got to that point, um, we change our mind. You know, he's gonna change and he's he's changed for a week. And so I'm like, oh, he is changing. <laughs> and so I, you know, then I call it off and then quickly they're after I got pregnant with my son. And I was 22, I was 23 and um, not, I wasn't expecting it. Like I, we weren't trying, but we also weren't like trying to prevent it either. And he, I was like, kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't, I mean, I'm never pregnant. I have a positive pregnancy test. We're not married. Um, You know, two months ago I was going to move out or she was going to move out. And he was so excited. Like, I remember his face when I was like, said I was pregnant he was like he was like you better not be upset about this and I and like his um excitement is like I was like oh this like he you know this is going to be okay and obviously my parents and my family is going to support it it was just it just wasn't planned it's an unplanned pregnancy um and I thank God every day for it because it put my life on the right trajectory my my kids do and um I'm so thankful for them but um so yeah so here I'm you know 23 I thought I was gonna move to Chicago or something and you know I'm well life life's given me something else and he was excited about it and um and right there telling my parent you know like it was an exciting thing and he would say like I can't wait for this Um, we're going to, it's going to be so different when the baby's here, because, you know, it's going to force me to be different. And then he proposed, Uh, you know, it was like, it was, it seemed normal. (laughs) It seemed normal. And, um, but while I was pregnant, I would say that's when things really started to show themselves because now here we have this responsibility forming, And I'm nesting, you know, I went from 23 year old partying, hanging out with our buddies from high school to now I'm pregnant and have to get ready to be a mom. And like, here, here it comes. I'm going to, I'm assuming the position and he wasn't, and he would be out with his buddies again till four in the morning and I'm home pregnant. And then he would, uh, I'd be crying and he would be telling me, you know, and he, cause he'd be drunk or in high or in all kinds, you know, who knows what was in his system. And he would, um, he, he would be an ass and he'd like slam the door and it, it would, he'd slam it so hard the door frame would break off. And, um, I'd have to like, he'd be at the bars with his buddies and I'd have to get my sister's boyfriend to go into the bar. Cause here I am like six months pregnant. I'm not about to walk in all my high school friends there. I'm like pulling my, uh, you know, fiance out of there with a pregnant belly. So like that, you know, that was a little bit humiliating. Um, And then I would like say like, you need to come home. He wouldn't come home. Um, where are you? His phone's off. Um, I would like, thing I'm moving out, you know, I'm I'm leaving, and then he wouldn't care. Like he would just be like, okay, you know, like he'd just keep doing whatever he wanted to do. Um, but then when thing, you know, as soon as it was like it, it, it was I'm gonna leave. He would, um, he would change, and then he would be good for a little bit. And so I'm like, you know, I want this to work. Like I. I said, yes, we're going to get married when the after the baby's born, blah, blah, blah. So the baby's born, and it's the same bullshit. Like, I'm home with the baby, and she's um, out with his buddies doing who knows what, who knows where, uh, no accountability. I didn't know. I really didn't know who he was with. And I'm not the kind of person to be like, who are you with? what are who all's there where are you i just want to know what time are you going to be home and when you don't come home like you said you were going to come home at 10:30 because we have a baby i'm going to be pissed and um and i think there's a lot of men out there who aren't narcissists who up to this point have acted like this in their life this is not the narcissistic piece of the story, which so far we're like two, two and a half years in. And um, I have yet to really experience something that's like, you know, a narcissistic red flag. Um,
0: but I, but I will say this. Yeah. Two and a half years in the person you dated on day one is not the person that you're currently in a relationship with.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the wheels are starting to get loose uh, off the wagon, Um, but not enough to where I was like, I need to get out of here. And I'm somebody who puts up with a lot. I have a long fuse. I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I believe if he says he loves me and I'm the best thing that's ever happened to him and I'm just, you know, we're going to have a family and blah, blah, blah. I'm believing it.
0: So how are you coping? Are you talking to people about it or are you internalizing everything?
1: Yeah, I never was like hiding what was, I'm not the kind of person that hides how I'm feeling, what's going on. So I would like, go to my, you know, I go to my sister's, like getting her boyfriend to go pull him out of the bar and my parents would, I think, my, and my parents liked him. My dad really liked him. And, um, I think they were thinking he's kind of pulling this, you know, he's a 26 year old kid. I'm pregnant. They wanted it to work. We all wanted it to work. We wanted him to kind of like get through this, uh, immaturity, you know, um, and he wanted to marry me. And he wanted a wedding. He wanted, like, he wanted to do the whole shebang. And we had a great
2: wedding. It was fun. Um, and that's when, after the wedding, it really took the turn. Um,
1: so he, like I said, he's a veteran. And so he has VA benefits in the U.S., that they like pay for your school. And so I was like, why don't you go to college, they'll pay for it. So he's going he's so he quits his job. So now he's not gone. He's always home, but he's never actually home. He's quote at school. Um and he, you know, and then it was like, well, I have a lab tonight. So I, I got a test. I got a study. So he's like, never, never, never home. Um, and meanwhile, I, I, we got married and then um, I think a huge, we got married and we went on a trip with my son and he got so mad at, he got really weird with controlling me about my son when I was pregnant about like not eating certain things because it would affect the baby. And, um, actually one time, see, I have to like recall all this stuff. It's all coming back to me. Um, I was still pregnant. It was, it was actually when he proposed, I was pregnant when he proposed and we were out with my parents. We went to Chicago and, um, my dad ordered one of those like cheese boards. And apparently one of the cheeses are like, I don't know. It can be bad for a fetus. I don't know. He knows all this stuff. He didn't talk. I ate a piece of the cheese. And then he didn't talk to me like basically the rest of the night. He wouldn't talk to me. I knew he was mad about something. Um, And then another time when I was pregnant, I got up in the middle of the night and I got a glass of water from the faucet. (laughs) And he, I like went to lay back down and he like gets out of bed, turns the light on and he's like, uh, like freaking out at me. Like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, You know, I just bought bottled water and like putting the baby in jeopardy by drinking water from the faucet. And I thought it was so weird because that, you know, I've never been a germaphobe like that to that extent. And, um, I just thought he was like a germaphobe, like, okay, so he's a germaphobe, but weird about the baby, weird about that kind of stuff. He still is weird about that stuff, but it felt like he was trying to control me. Um, you know, like my every step. And then if I made him this stuff, he's not going to talk to me. Um, anyway, um, so once I had my son and once we got married, um, he got we went on this trip and he got so mad at me and he stormed, he like got out of the car and just like walked off and into traffic and like away. And, um, and he was basically again, it's about my son. Like I'm not giving him the right food. I'm not doing things correctly according to his thing. And, um, and then he would just like storm off and then it's like, you know, here we are not, you know, on, not in a city I'm familiar with. And now I've got to find him. Um, and I just remember thinking like, we had just gotten married a couple of weeks earlier and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to like, this is going to be my life. I have to put up with this now, this like, you know, and it, it was getting, it was getting worse and worse. And like, there was no romance anymore. We would, we were staying in hotels and like, he wouldn't be um like lovey-dovey, touchy-feely. We wouldn't sleep together. You know, it's like he, he would kind of do that with me. Like, and I wanted to sleep with him. I wanted to have like, I mean, we, we were intimate on his terms, always on his terms. So if he's moody and he's doing something, which I think in hindsight, he probably was like, with a girlfriend or something. And so then he would be very distant and very cold to me. Um and then and it got more and more further and farther and between where there were like moments of like happy, intimate him and I romantic. Like once we got married, he got very cold very quickly. And um he quit his job, was going to school and And I can only speculate, um, but I think my gut instincts are pretty close. He's meeting now. He's meeting girls at the college. He got a job at like a waity-toity restaurant. So he meets the hostess there. So, you know, the honeymoon's over. He's going to school. He's never coming home. He's got labs late at night. And then finals would come and he'd have like incompletes and like an F. And I'm like, okay, you're, he's not stupid. Like, you're clearly not doing the work, but yet you're never home because you're always at school. Um, so this isn't adding up. It's not adding up. Uh, and he was then like even more distant and cold towards me. So then um, I got pregnant again with my daughter and um We went again to Chicago with my parents and this time my son was a baby and he got pissed at me about something stupid, something with the way I was with my son. And he stormed out that night out of the hotel. Like we got back to the hotel. We got in a huge fight Um, and he left the hotel room and he flew home. He caught a plane and flew home. and. It was like, you know, my parents are here and that's when my parents were like, what the hell is going on? Um, and I had just found out I was pregnant with my daughter and my I didn't tell my parents or anything. But this was when it was like, okay, he's storming off. um, And w- like, why though? And in hindsight, it's because there was somebody back home that he's, you know, he's going to storm off and then go hang out with her.
0: So he, he so he has this pattern always of getting angry over the littlest of things and yeah. blaming you for something that there's no reason to have blame for. He has these mini tantrums and are you um letting these things slide? Are you challenging these things? Are you changing are you changing your behavior sometimes so these things don't happen as well?
2: Um no,
1: I at, not at first, you know, these little tantrums and I'm not going to back down from something like that. Like I'm going to go toe to toe and that's why there would be big blow up fights because I'm not going to back down. So and I and I'm not me either. So I'm kind of like, you know what? F you for doing that. You know, that was rude and disrespectful. And I called you all night and your phone was off. Where the hell were you? And he'd be like, shut the fuck up, bitch. You know, fuck you, bitch. Um, but it's like, I have every right. You're my husband and we have a, a baby together and you didn't come home last night. Where were you? Wouldn't, wouldn't respond. Um you know, and I'd be home in bed. It's like four o'clock in the morning. He's still not home. Um, and I would think, like, a, you know, somebody mugged him. And he's like, one night I even called the city police station to be like, do you guys have someone, you know, th- that, because there was no way in my mind that he was like at somebody's house or, you know, he left the house to work and then wouldn't come home. And so I'm thinking he's working. But really, he would get off work, go out with his buddies, and then probably go to a girl's house or go to a buddy's house and the girl, girls would be there. And um, meanwhile, I am pregnant I'm my second child, and he's really not supportive. He's cold and distant, a lot of stonewalling, disappearing acts. And then when I would push him for an answer, he'd be like, uh, like this one time, for instance, I want to know what happened and where you were. And he would be like, say it one more time. And he like picked up my laptop and over his head, like he was going to throw it on the ground. He's like, say it one more time. And I'm throwing this on the ground. And I'm like, I said it one more time. Cause I, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, okay. You're going to put." So I'm like, you know, I'm fighting back. And he smashed my $1,300 laptop (laughs) that I was still paying off to Best Buy. and. It was like, what the hell that is now I'm like, okay, the, you know, the storming off in Philadelphia, the, um, smashing my laptop. And then I would go and tell my, I remember I was like crying to my parents, like he smashed my laptop. Um, and they were like, you know, kind of like, what the hell you, you can't, um, I, I think they still had faith that, you know, like maybe he needs anger management. And I did too. Like maybe, you know, we need to go to counseling. Um so
0: So going back to that time in Chicago when you got on the plane, were you able to put two and two together at that time and did you say he's going to see another woman?
1: No, not in an inkling. Other than he's being cold and distant, I'm just thinking he's just a moody dick you know like I like he's really pissed about this which irritated me like I'm just trying to have fun and enjoy the time and you're getting mad at me um and then I'm fighting back like I'm not I I guess you know in hindsight I, I you know this is 11 years ago I probably would have been you know and today I I think I wouldn't even feed into the drama but I would, and, you know, he would then storm off. Now he's got an excuse because we've had a big fight. So now he's gone. And, you know, it's like, I just needed to get away from, uh, you know, the drama. You're you, He's not taking the accountability. He's making, it's the gaslighting of, like, I'm the drama. I'm making it um, chaotic. And he just needed to get out because he was so pissed. And then, and even then I was like, kind of like, you know, I feel like he's the drama, but okay. Um,
0: He was really, he was really a pro at uh, taking your defensive uh, stance, reversing it on you, making it seem like you're the aggressor in the situation when it was really his uh, outburst that started everything and right. then you're sitting there thinking. I assume, like, do you assume ever assume like, is it me at one point or no? Or are you pretty confident that, like, no, it's not me. It's it's, it's this guy.
1: Yeah, I was pretty confident that it was him, and and I would tell him that, and he do, you know, he doesn't like that. And then I'd be like, um, you know, you're like this because, uh, you know, like his dad he never his dad was never in his life and his dad um just was a bad guy with a a track record and so i would like point out to him like you are becoming things like your dad like you're just like your dad and and i'm not saying i was like perfect in the situation where you know i'm not hurling insults back at him cuz i'm mad i you know i'm immature too but and i'm mad but i I definitely had reasons to be mad. Mad because he's not owning his obligations and he's aside from all of this we're piss broke. He's going to school living off the VA. The money, we have separate accounts. I I I mean, I believe in separate accounts. I make my money and then we share expenses. Um but he was I'm the one having babies and trying and um you know like i had graduated college but i was having the babies and kind of wanting to be that stay at home mom um while they were infants and he would come home and be like what have you contributed you should be doing something like like coming up with money somehow like how are you making money and i'm like okay um you know sure so i would like sell stuff on eBay. And I'm like, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I, I really want to do. But I, I didn't know what the next move in my life was money wise. Cause I hadn't thought about it. Like you and I had babies pr- early and now here I am pregnant and you're kind of like asking me to figure out how, what I'm doing to contribute when you're the one that could easily get a job and get the money from the VA. Cause the VA also gives you a house allowance. So if he could get a full-time job, but he's dicking around at the community college, right? Like he does, he's not working. And then his fun money from the ballet parking goes to his binge drinking and whatever else he's doing and his Nike shoes. And, you know, he loves to spend money. And, um, and so we're, so we're broke and he's smashing my laptop. Well, we don't have money to fix that. Um, and then he wouldn't pay, like, he wouldn't pay the gas bill because he'd say, well, you need to go get on government assistance. Like we're, we're poor enough that you, we could get on government assistance. You need to go stand in line and get on food stamps and all that. And I had never done that. Like, I didn't even know that was an option, but he's like, yeah, you need to, you know, you need to do this, which I, so I did because I need, you know, we, I wasn't really working and he wasn't really working. I mean, everything was paycheck to paycheck. And, um, he would use like my credit. I have good credit. I, he would use my credit cards to buy stuff. And, um, cause I was naive and I put his, I gave him a credit card, but he would buy, he would buy, you know, material things. And then, um, he would do our tax return and all the money would go into his account and then he like one day comes home with a brand new iPad. <laughs> so like just very immature. And um, and I may, you know, I'd be like, you need to go return that. So now that's a fight. Um, it's like everything
2: was a fight. Um I guess it is important to note, like during this time, I'm like
1: trying to figure out my next move in my career. I have babies. So that wasn't at the forefront of my mind. He's not responsible. He's not reliable. Um, and he's, uh, it, you know, it's it's not happy. It's not a happy marriage. And um, so I decided to go back to college and get my master's degree. And because that would be like a surefire way to get a job Thought like okay I'll make good money I can be self-sustainable and in the back of my head I'm like I don't know if this is going to last forever because this is chaotic um so I have to set myself up for success um and that now this is another layer that I think added to the the chaos of of everything um well, wait, before I went into school, I was like, okay, I need to figure out. I need to know what I'm going to do. I get his phone one day. He leaves his phone out and I find a text message from a girl and it was like, I forget what it said, but, um, it was something like, um, she want you know, like, I wish, uh, I just, I want what I can't have or something. And I was like, why, why would you be interested in a married man with a baby and, and one on the way? And, oh, and she's like, well, I guess I want what I can't have. And, um, I, I wish I would have played this differently. Like everything in hindsight, like I wish I could have just left it going to see what would have happened. But at the time I'm like shocked, I'm finding his phone and he has this girl texting him about like hanging out and how great it was and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like a lot, but it was just enough to be like, okay, something's going on between these two. So I, I say something to him about it. And right away, it's like, she's not interested in me. She's not that she has, she wants nothing to do with me. We're just friends, uh, whatever. Right. Like there's reasons why she doesn't like him, But again, my gut instinct is like, nah, you know what? This isn't right. Um, and then he like laughed it all. Like he laughed at me. Like I'm being over, I'm being ridiculous. This is, um, you know, nothing to be worried about. And I'm pregnant at this time with baby number two. And um, I didn't like it at all. I also had another girlfriend call me who knows him and was like, hey, I was at the bar and he was like talking to a, a girl, like flirting, hitting on a girl. And I was like, Again, kind of in denial. Like, all right, so what? So he's he can talk to other girls. Maybe is she being like over? You know, it, it, who do I believe here? Right? And uh, you want to believe your husband. Um, but this is like these little small hints of like, okay, when somebody's calling you to tell you who usually doesn't call you to tell you that your husband is like talking to other girls. You know, take it seriously. <laughs> But I, I think I, you know, it's like you don't want to believe the truth. So I find another, I find an, I find the uh, plenty of fish app on his phone. I didn't even know what it was. Open it, and he's got messages going with other women about hooking up. And like one was even like they were gonna meet, and it was like the weekend they were talking about meeting was our one-year wedding anniversary, and um, I was, like, even more in shock. I remember I, like, left the house. I, like, ran down the street and was, like, didn't didn't know what to think. I didn't, you know, it's, like, you don't want to believe that. And so he's, like, oh, it's, like, porn. I'm not really going to, like, do it. I just do it to, like, get off and, like, You know, I'm like talking to these girls. I'm not actually going to meet up with them,
2: but which, which then is like, oh, okay. Well then that's,
1: I guess, you know, it's, that's not that big of a deal, but like, I mean, you're, whether he met with them or not, the fact that he's doing that is not okay. But again, it's like, I, I wasn't really going to meet them and, you know, it's, it's just, it's like porn. So it's not that big of a deal. Okay. So that on top of the girl that he was talking to, um, on top of, um, I think then there was another girl. In fact, I know there's another girl, like in hindsight, I know this now, but at the time I didn't know really if there was a girl, if it was like a true full-blown relationship, if he's more of a player. So, uh, you know, he's not having a love affair with one person it's more of like multiple um but he had a that ballet job at this restaurant and he went on a he tells me this and when we were like about to divorce he said yeah I went I went uh to the movies with her but just as friends who goes to the movies with a you know a co-worker and meanwhile I'm pregnant and I, you know, I've got our kids at home. It was my birthday, my 26th birthday. And um, we wake up and he called me a bitch. He didn't say happy birthday. Uh, he left the house. He went to his to school and then he went to his job and said he wouldn't be able to make it for the dinner with my parents. So it was just me and my son and my parents and on my birthday. And he's at this restaurant that he valets, probably flirting with this girl that he eventually took to the theater, whether it was before or after. I don't know. Um, And I didn't know at the time that he was doing that. And, um, you know, I get home and it's like 11 o'clock at night on my birthday. He's been gone the whole day. Happy birthday, my love. I
2: love you. You know, that kind of stuff. And um,
0: how did you take that?
2: Um, see, it's really easy to win me
1: over. Like I should have been more, I was pissed, but then when all you have to do is say a few nice words to me and I'm like, I love you too. You know, whatever. I didn't know he was, I thought he was working. I want to believe that he's truly at school trying to bring his grades up and, um, he's at work because again, he has a way about him that feels very genuine. And it sounds and feels and looks genuine to this day. uh, Despite everything that happens in this story, I thought he was genuine.
0: And how do you feel about yourself that you have one child, you have one on the way? Are you scared at all about Uh what what life would be? You're not scared about what your life would be like without someone there?
2: say
1: scared um I would say it's not the way I wanted it to be right again like I said I want I want the big family on the farm with the fun and like that's what I want it to be and if it's not being that I'm not gonna like sit around and hope that it becomes that so I moved in with my parents he was so shitty and destructive and lying, and, and the you know the girlfriends and all this stuff. And I'm just trying to have a normal pregnancy. Then I moved in with my parents who lived a five minute car ride away. Um, and I just needed to be taken care of, right? Like I I need I just I need respite or whatever. Like I need something. I need a refuge from the storm. And so I moved in with my parents. And she and this is I would say this is one of the like another layer of me moving out of the house. He um, me moving out of the house and with my parents. Now he doesn't have any, like he wanted me, you know, he wants me back at the house, but I'm in with my parents. And at this time he, I knew he was like cheating on me. And um, I went on, match.com one night because i needed like love you know like i needed to feel my you know i'm 26 i'm like i just want to have this relationship and i i like messaged a couple guys on there and i was and i put on there that i was like separated or whatever and i i mean this wasn't like the first night in my parents house like i had been living at my parents house probably for a month while he was just doing whatever the fuck he wanted and he, um, and so I went on match.com like one night and then I got off the app, like the next day I deleted it because I I, was just like, I'm not, this isn't what I'm really, I, I think I just had to dip my toes in and then I'm like, yep, nope, not really going to do this. And so I was transparent about that with him. Like when I moved back in with him, I told him about it and that is when it really, I think. Him seeing that I wasn't just kind of sitting around waiting for him to get, you know, this gullible, like, I remember he, he like, signed into the account and read all the messages. And he came downstairs and he's like, you were looking for love. He's like, I was just looking for sex. You were like legitimately looking for love. And he was like really shaken by that. And, um, which to me, like a normal person would be like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you love. I love you so much. Like, I don't want you to have to feel like you're, you need that from any, you know, like, how can I make this up to you? I was always waiting for that, like, you know, token moment of like, I really like showing me the actions. Cause it was like almost, it was so close to being there always, but it was never quite there. And, um. So that was the huge turn of events where he became very controlling. And um, so I moved, I have my daughter, and I moved back home because here it is. We have a baby. I can't live at my parents' house, and we have a new newborn baby. And plus, you know, I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. It's going to be different this time. I'm, you know, I'm here for the family. And um, I moved back in the house. I have an infant. My son was to, um, and I'm enrolled in college now. And I was watching kids out of my house during the day to make some extra money and going to school at night. Meanwhile, he's never at the house. He's, it's like, I basically was a single mom from the day I had my son. <laughs> he's never at the house. He's at school, at the lab, studying for his tests. I'm watching multiple toddlers plus our own and then getting ready for school at night. So um it he would when I was watching the kids at the house though, he's now paranoid that I'm texting other guys because of the whole match.com debacle. So he would come take my phone, take it hostage and leave with my phone. I'm other people's kids at my house. Like I have to have my phone, and there would be times where it's like I'd like have to email the mom and be like, "Hey, you know, if you need to get a hold of me, please email this address." And then, then he'd like take my Gmail password, and so now I'm locked out of my Gmail. And so then, when I saw that it was, it could be disruptive to, um, you know, communication with the parents of the kids I'm watching. And I, you know, I'm also protecting these other kids in my house. I decided to move again back in with my parents. Um, mostly for that reason. Like, I can't, I, I can't raise children in a house with this, a man like this. So I moved back in with my parents. So I'm living with my parents, she's living at my house again, our both our kids are born. I'm going to school at night, and she this is when he turned really psycho. Um, I, he would spy on me at, at the college. And I know this because I have back, he like backed up his pictures somewhere. And I, there's like pictures of me, like from far away in the hall. <laughs> like he takes pictures of me. I don't know why. Like I'm like talking to somebody about, you know, school. Um, But he would like, creepily always kind of be on my toe. He would always know where I was. He would, he would like, you know, text me and then five minutes later, he'd be available. Like, right. You know, there he is. Um, and then he would grill me about like, where were you, uh, at two, at 10 o'clock, you, you should have been, you know, you should have been back here. So like, he was kind of tracking where I was all day and wanting to keep a pulse on me. And then it, it would get worse. Like, um, he would, he would, uh, sit outside my parents' house and be like, who was the car at 2am? Um, you know, license plate, blah, blah, blah. And he'd like run the license plate and then he'd get the person's name. And then he'd be like, who's Joe Schmo? And I'd be like, I don't know Joe Schmo. Then he puts a tracker or an app on, I forget how he tracked me, but he put, I think he put an app on, oh, he put an app on my phone to track me. And I agreed. like, go ahead, track me because I'm not doing anything wrong. I have nothing to hide. Put the GPS on me all day long. I have nothing to hide. But then like, if you've ever looked at a GPS or or whatever, sometimes it pings to like a block oak, right? It's not perfect. So he'd be like... He'd think that I was a block over and so he's toast.
2: Um,
1: and he would like uh I mean it was like so he is he is very meticulous and he is very like techie. And so he it would almost like be so dove in and intertwined to the point where it's like at the other end of the spectrum where it's like, dude, you've gone way too far. You're like making things up. But he believed that he like legitimately believed it he would show up at my house like sweating and like in a rage about like um you know he'd want in he'd be like and this is my parents house right and so so I was safe at my parents house so he was never like banging down the door because my dad would probably kick his ass um but it drove him it drove him nuts that um I was you know I, I was out of his control. And so I, probably the worst point, one, one of the two worst points in the whole story is one night I was at, at school and I took the bus home and he had my car and um, he was like, I'll give you a ride home to your to my parents' house. I was like, Okay because I didn't want to wait for the bus. Sure. I'll, I'll get a ride home. And he was unstable. You know, all the bullshit had been going on. But again, I get in the car and it was October. So it was rainy, slick, dark. And he starts grilling me about who I'm talking to, who was the guy I'm cheating on him with. And I was like, I'm not cheating on you. I like, and then he went into a rage and he like got on, he like got on the highway and was going the opposite way of my parents' house. But like getting on the on-ramp onto, he's just driving recklessly in the rain. I That was the first time I've ever been like scared for my life. I was like, he's, what is he going to do? I mean, he had a rage in his eyes and he's like, Yelling at me, you know. We're going to Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I can laugh about it now. It's not funny, but it's funny that like these names, like you know Joe whatever, and Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, because he would like get into my search engine, and I I looked up Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. Well, it's probably because some celebrity is from Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, and I was like googling to see what Bethel Park, Pennsylvania was. Who knows? I have no idea. No, or maybe there was like a house there, you know, a a historic house. And I was like, who freaking knows? I don't remember what I did yesterday. I have two kids and I'm going to school and I'm dealing with you. I don't know why I go Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, you know, and he's like, I'm a liar. I'm lying. Um, you know, so we're gonna drive to Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. It's like seven o'clock at night. My parents are expecting me home and I have two babies waiting for me. So he's like driving, uh, uh, then he like gets off the highway and I was like, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to jump out. So I like went to jump out of the car and he like pulls me in, like pulls, he's like holding me down in the car so I can't get out. And, um... I, so then uh, it was just like, a, it was crazy. It was like on the highway, off the highway. So he gets back on the highway and I'm like, I'm just going to, he, he pulls over, he pulls over on the berm of the highway and um was like, just tell, oh, I go, I'm going to tell you who it is. Cause I was like, I think if I just tell him a name, maybe that will stop the chaos. Like maybe if I say something, so I go, okay, I'll tell you who it is. And he was like, I mean, dead serious. He's like calm. He's like, okay, who is it? And I made up a name and he was like, he like exhaled. <sighs> like, I, I, I don't know if he was going through psychosis. I mean, I don't know, Brandon, maybe he's not in, art. maybe he, re- like, I made something was wrong. Something was wrong. But then, um, so he's like relieved. It was like quiet, all just calm. And we, he like turns, we get back off. We, we go back to our house, not my parents' house. He drives back to our house. I'm supposed to go back home where my kids are, my parents' house. He drives to our house and he wants me to come in. And I'm like, after that fucking crazy scene, I'm getting the fuck out of, like, I'm scared of him. I'm scared. Like, it's eerie that he's so, like, calm now. And so I, like, went to run. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. I was, like, I, was, I just, like, was going to book it. And he, like, grabbed me. And, like, basically, like, pulled me inside and wanted to have sex. And I was, like, I don't want to. And I will say another thing with him and I is, like, we have a great physical connection. Like, I, intimacy was never a problem. Like, it was very good uh, we have good chemistry in bed. I've never there's never been one time where I like wouldn't want to have sex with him. Like I, I'm very attracted to him. We're attract like we we're just attracted to each other. But the fact that I I didn't like I wasn't attracted to him at all in that moment. And he was like, but he I mean he still made me have sex with him. Like he was like, I didn't really have a choice anyway. So I mean that was probably the worst uh a, a pretty bad point there and i left this so then i left and i called his mom and i was like i don't know if i should call the cops or like how i should handle this and um she was like just don't go back there don't call the cops but don't go back like stay away from him
2: it was insanity
1: and um, I'm back at my parents' house and, um, college is winding up. It was like a two-year program. And, um, I also don't want to live at my parents' house because I am independent. I have
2: this house and paying for this house. I want to live in my house. I want to live in my house. Um, so when I was, interviewing for these jobs. I had like six
1: different internship interviews um, at nice firms downtown in the city, uh, you know, making a nice salary. And uh, I remember right before he wanted to drive me to all of them. He wanted to take me and wait while I went to all these interviews. And we're talking like somebody who has never home, always out with his friends to now I can't even move without him like needing to know where I am. If you went to the grocery store that's five minutes away and I stopped at the ATM or I ran into somebody I knew, I'd have anxiety. Like I I gotta go or he's gonna get upset that I wasn't home and then he's gonna grill me and question me and he's gonna get pissed. Um and so he would drive me he drove me to all my my interviews and I remember he got pissed about something and smashed and like slammed the back kitchen door and the glass shattered. It was like an old door, but, you know, glass shatters everywhere. It cuts my hand. I'm showing up to a freaking interview with a bleeding, you know, a slice on my hand. And, um, you know, I got to pull it together and, and whatever. I actually got the job offer at that place. Anyway, anyway. Um, just he was always smashing things. he smashed the um the uh the oven door, like the first glass of the oven door smashes that to pieces. He would smash my uh glasses he would get you know take the glasses off my face and smash them. He would um smash my phone. I think I went through like three cell phones that he would smash um when I moved out. Of the house and then moved back in. My flat key was smashed while I had been gone. um And you know, when I saw him, I'm like, "Oh my god, my parents!" That was like my like housewarming gift for my parents when I first moved out. And it, here it is, cracked. And he's like, you know, when I address him about it, he's like, "Don't even bring it up." Um, and it, it, you know, it's always things are getting ruined, things are getting smashed. Um, and yeah, like locking me out of my password, he'd lock me out of my, my college login password, like, you know, to get your college notes and stuff. He'd lock me out of that, like sabotaging my every move. And I'm just trying to be successful and I can't even check my email. I can't, I can't study for my test. I can't contact the parents of the kids I'm watching so we can pay our bills. Um. And when I moved back in for the what I don't know third time, right when I was like start getting my career set up, um, he wasn't working, and I it was December and we had no money and he like the mortgage was was due, and so I pawned I went to a pawn shop and I pawned my wedding ring thinking I was going to get it back because I was about to start this new job making good money. And, um, and at the time to me, it was good money, uh, more money than we had ever made. And I thought, okay, I'm going to pawn this ring. And then I had like two or three months to go buy it back. And it was like, it was, I didn't have the papers on it. He only gave me like 500 bucks to pawn it. So I'm like, okay. And, and my ex knew like $500 he could have easily like, how hard is it to scrap up 500 bucks to go get my wedding ring back? Like, in my romantic mind, it's like, what he should have done was, like, surprise me, went and got the ring back, and then been like, honey, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do it again. You know, like, this is what I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that, like, a miracle is going to happen. Um, but it got worse. And it got worse when I started my job. And I loved it I had never been you know it's like I, I I had always kind of i worked for my dad, I worked at um you know the ice cream shop in, from high school, and um I had never really been in like a corporate job and and feeling that empowerment of um that i you know I had accomplished my degree and I was um in in a very nice firm. And uh, professional development, and surrounded by peers and colleagues that were very bright and motivated. And I was like, wow, this is like a whole new world. Uh, uh, It was, um, I really enjoyed it. And he saw that. But the culture at this firm was um, during certain periods of the year, we would have to work like 60 hours. So there would be late nights, and it was required. And, um, he, this is when he like really lost it. This is when he, uh, would sit outside the firm and text, like blow up my phone all day saying he's going to bust in there and he's going to find me having sex with somebody. Like he was convinced that I was like sleeping with somebody at the firm. And, um, and he would even say, like "I'm sorry, I'm morbidly jealous." He told me he was morbidly jealous, and he needs help. I went to multiple um, marriage counselors at one point when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was seeing a marriage counselor, and he wouldn't show up um, but now, by this time, we found a marriage counselor, and he's like frantically trying to make it better um, to the point where I said. I will do a lie detector test. We found a polygraph uh, administrator and I took a polygraph test and passed it with flying colors and thinking like this is going to solve the world's problems. Now he's never going to bother me again. And um, he, like, at first was like, oh, you know, okay. You know, because the guy was like, you owe her an apology. (laughs) And I was like, tell me every single guy you think I'm doing anything with, put it on this piece of paper. I want the questions asked. So you have peace of mind. And, um, again, we had no money and I'm forking out 400 bucks for this stupid test, uh, which eventually just, it meant nothing. He said, oh, you were up late last night, uh, I read that if you're tired when you take a, if you're tired and hungry, when you take a polygraph test, you pass it or something, I don't even know. And he said, I did that. And that's why I passed. (laughs) It's like stupid. I I like, it blows my mind. He thinks I'm cheating on him because that's just not me. Like, if you know me, I'm not, I would never cheat on anybody, but you're convinced to the point you're driving me off the highway that I'm
2: cheating on you
0: what's what's amazing is that within everything that's gone on and as you explained there's been three levels of things that in this level 3 when you know when he was in control or what he perceived to be control you know, he was one, he's he's different from when it began because that wasn't the real him.
2: It's a whole different person.
0: And then that second version was someone who had control and was just doing whatever they wanted. Mm. And as soon as he felt that you could love someone else and then that control of... Owning you, in a way, was Mm -hmm. gone. This new person came out of the woodwork, which is its own complete shock because you never saw this version before. And this version is a scary person. And it keeps on escalating. And it really is a story of, like, three different levels here of... You know, the 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 fake person, uh, the person that has control, and then what happens to someone when they start losing control but the relationship is still going on and being within that, how scary it can be when someone like this is losing control, or at least in their mind that they've lost control.
1: Yes, and this is when when you ask if I was scared, I was never really scared until level three. And that was like my sign of like, you need to get out. But I, I think, you know, cause he would, he would stop. He was stalking me. He was straight up stalking me. And, um, and then would be, would say things like, I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me where you are right now. Um, I'm, you know, like threat, very threatening, threatening to expose me at the firm. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to show them who you really are um, threatening. uh, Just always like, it's just always like a threat to where I, I don't know if he's going to go off the deep end one day and literally do that because he could, because he's, been unstable i mean he that whole thing with the bethel park pennsylvania bullshit like i i don't know I, I i part of me felt like maybe he was and maybe he was maybe he was going through some sort of psychosis or something um which is not an excuse right like don't hang around because you feel bad
2: who's going through psychosis i i had two babies to take care of um
0: so how does it all end
2: the the turning point was he was at the firm and
1: he wanted me to come out and I said, no. And so I, I like went to the front window and could see him sitting there, but I needed to go home. So as soon as I saw him leave the parking lot, I left the firm. Like I saw him drive away. So now I'm going to drive home and I'm on the highway and he comes up from behind my, in my rear view mirror. He must've been going 110 miles an hour and came right up on my car and like, and like, if I wouldn't have got moved over to the berm, he would have hit my car. Like I I had to move over. So he forces me off the road, off the freeway and parks his car, like, so that like right behind mine, like with his car hanging off in the slow lane comes over and is like, get off at the next exit so I'm like okay so we like get back on and I don't get off at the next exit joke's on you and he like gets back on and basically it was like it it felt like again something from a movie where we were having like this chase and then finally he gets me off the road and like takes my keys and uh, was gonna leave me there stranded kind of in a, a not so good part of the neighborhood and then like eventually then came and gave me my keys back. So that's the point where I'm like, I need to, again, I don't know what he's about to pull. My mom asked me, like, do you think he would kill you? And the fact that I couldn't strongly be like, no way, was scary for me, because I'm like, why would I even take the risk? So at the And I had a good support system at this firm. I had good mentors and people who kind of knew what was going on. And so um, I filed a restraining order against him. And and then I didn't see him, you know, with the restraining order, we didn't really talk. And then um, we did a a dissolution, a divorce dissolution. Um, And
2: while I had the restraining order on him, he already started dating another girl. during that time when I had to make the decision to divorce him um, and our kids were little
1: two and four. And I didn't, I remember being like, I don't want to be one of those strong women. (laughs) And here I am. But like, I didn't want to have to be that like divorce strong single mom because of, you know, whatever stigma was in my head surrounding it at the time. Um, And so it's almost like, for the sake of not having that label, but I would never stick around and do something just to portray a certain thing. You know, I knew what I had to do, uh, for myself and for my kids and for him, like he need, he needed a hit rep He needed, he, he, he needed that. Like, I, I'm not enabling you to be a psychopath, a psychopath anymore. Um, and so it was, um, I mean, you know, that I feel like my life as it is today, this is like, this, you know, starts here of leaving him. Um, He wasn't helping with the kids, you know, and they were little. And so I'm still in my twenties and my girlfriends are all going out, you know, no one has kids. And um, I, I never went out, you know, like I was just always kind of hustling and trying to make ends meet and I wouldn't depend on him ever because he would say he was going to help and then he wouldn't show up. And then I'd have to, you know, at the last second, put someone else out to help me with the kids. Cause I made plans with somebody. So I, I really kind of, I, I didn't, I wasn't social. I, I didn't make plans. I just raised my kids and I worked all the time, work, work, work and taking care of my kids. And, um, but I enjoy my career and I enjoyed, um, I enjoy being a mom. I really, I, 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 sometimes I get sad because I wish I would have had more kids, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I think at the time when I divorced him, I thought maybe I would meet somebody um, and have, you know, more kids, but th- that wasn't in my cards. Um, and he wasn't around. He would come around sporadically Um. And he would be, you know, I could see it in his eyes. He had been drinking or he was doing whatever. Uh, Who knows? You know, just his his shenanigans. Like nothing was changing. And I didn't want that to be exposed to my kids. And and when we did a dissolution, he wanted split custody. Well, I know he's not going to show up to get the kids. And he's not going to sign the dotted line unless, you know, I agree. And so the whole divorce thing wasn't even ugly because... I basically gave him what he wanted with custody. And to this day, what, seven years later, he not once has he ever stuck to the custody agreement, which I'm fine with. Like, I like having the kids in my custody, but um, I didn't fight him. You know, I, I kind of was very, like, what do you want? What do you think is fair? You know, what's the equity from the house that you think you deserve? Okay, I can... I can sever you know, the ask, you know, he wants this exemption on his tax return. He wants my son for, you know, what, okay, fine. Like to, at that point it was like, I just wanted to be uh, severed from him.
0: So now that we're here, you're done. You told your story, you know, you're, you're done. You know, this is a stage where, you're not, it's it for you. There's closure. You're not going to talk about it again. You just wanted to come on and and, and share your story to help everyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before we leave, what is, or or what are your words of wisdom or advice for everyone who's going through or has gone through the same thing?
2: I think what I have done in my life with this traumatic,
1: I mean, you know, it was, I'd never experienced any sort of real trauma until
2: all of this. And, um, it forced me to be, um, a strong woman, that strong woman that I
1: didn't want to be. Um, And my advice to the women or, you know, women or men that are in a relationship where they are the, um, you know, the people pleaser, the peacekeeper, the codependent person, um, that you're actually stronger than you realize and that if you believe in yourself, you can You can get along without being dependent on another person. And, um, you know, it is hard, no doubt about it
2: being strong, but there is a empowerment and a, to feel strength, um, not just physically, but like mentally
1: strong, um, Feel confident in your soul, who you are and what you deserve in your life. That's what you have to go after. If you're in a relationship and it's beating you down and you're hoping it's going to change and their actions speak louder than words and you know in your gut that it's not going to change, ask yourself what you're waiting for. I know it sounds, it's easier said than done, but you know, you only live once. And you have to make that stuff as scary as it is to make a change in your life because, and even the smallest changes matter, but put yourself first and believe that you can make a difference. And you don't have to let this person dictate how you feel and what you're supposed to be doing with yourself.
0: Well, Ruby Sue I really want to thank you for being here with me today and sharing your story. You you did a great job. So thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart for being here with us today. Thank you. So, I just want to thank Ruby Sue for being a guest on our show once again. And if you want to be a guest like Ruby Sue was today, please do go to our website at narcissistapocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says guest form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our guest form page. Please read the instructions and either fill out our guest form, press the submit button, or send us an email at narcissistapocalypse at com. Also at our website, we have our very own safe social network. So at the top of the page, you can press the support group button at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Inside our support group, we have our very own forum boards where you can uh, get help from other forum members. We have our very own Zoom meetings Wednesday nights, Saturday nights, and every other Thursday afternoon. We also have ad-free episodes and episodes that never made it to air. And if you really just want to support our show, please do just Join our support group. It's, it helps us out a lot. And if you need even more support, please do go to our friends at DomesticShelters.org. I cannot say enough about our friends at DomesticShelters.org. There you have articles and resources to help you through these times for you to understand what's happened to you. You have information on shelters there. You can get a hold of shelters. You can find a, a lot more Uh, with the free resources that they have at their website. So please do go to domesticshelters.org. And that is it. So for myself and Ruby Sue, we hope you have a good night.